G'day everyone and welcome to another edition of Tuesday Night Live brought to you by Crowcast. Tons to talk about this week. Uh, we have a look at news around AFL and also Crowsland. And Pete and I just have a little bit of a list data analysis, uh, looking at drafts and looking why we might find ourselves in the position that we're cur- currently in. So without any further ado, let's crack straight in, shall we? How are you going this evening? Fine, very well, thank you. Yourself? Is that true, though? Do we need to just swab you? <laughs> I'm putting it off for as long as possible, mate. I'm putting it off for as long as possible. <laughs> yeah, one of those right. horrible things up my nose. No, no, no. Or a COVID test either. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Yeah, look, g'day to everyone who's joined us on Discord and YouTube. Of course, you can join us in the live studio chat if you want to have your say, um, otherwise you can just chat away on the Discord, Discord live show chat or on YouTube, of course, and uh, people's filtering in as we commence. Pete, we've already got about six or seven diehard rusted-on fans like we love uh, already in the live Beautiful. show chat. We had a few so, callers last Tuesday, so yeah, that was good. It was great. Um, yeah, so the more the merrier. Uh, we'll kick it along, so we'll give you guys enough time if you uh, want to have something to say down the track. Of course, we've got the Boomers playing later on, so uh, need to get around that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Now, Peter, what do you think of the weekend? Oh, it was hard watching, wasn't it? Really hard watching, um, particularly after, you know, um, there was that little ripple of excitement around last weekend because we'd beaten Hawthorne. And, yes. Um, we, I think we all knew that was a bit of a false dawn. And, and um, yeah, when you're coming up against a quality side like the Bulldogs, it's, it was always going to be very, very difficult. And I um, thought we you know, didn't start too badly. But, yeah, that just it, I think I said to you that it just it was, it was frustrating watching it because you just <laughs> looked at how you know, how far off the pace, particularly, you know, some of our more experienced players are. And um, just disappointing, I I think. Yeah, it was, there wasn't a lot to like. I I mean, you know, Harry got his 20 and, and, um, you know, um, Elliot did, you know, a few good things. Gee. Yeah, it was a hard one to like. And you know me, I'm generally pretty positive. Yes, uh, unfortunately, uh, I felt a bit the same. And, uh, you know, we discuss it ad infinitum, and we we uh, won't carry on about it. But gee whiz, eyes on the prize, bigger picture, all that sort of stuff <laughs> didn't happen. Didn't happen. You know, and it just, it just, you know, it just, I just felt like the futility of the weekend before just was laid bare, really. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, absolutely. Um, all right, let's quickly have a look at some Crows news, Peter, while we're around. And, of course, yep. uh, the government have announced that uh, there will be a crowd at the showdown, which is uh, very yep. good considering it's the Crows' home game. Uh, unfortunately, only 15,000 people, but uh, Port will be used to that because that's usually what they get to a game, isn't it, about 15,000? <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> Oh, so we'll sing the song, uh, instead of Never Tear Us Apart, we'll be uh, standing four metres apart or whatever the bloody regulation is. But anyway, it's good to have a crowd there for the game. Um, Obviously, the players will respond to that, and uh, you'd imagine they'd be 99% Crows fans, which is uh, what we want now in terms of injuries, a couple of... Concerns coming out of last week's game. Chase Jones had a caught quad. I thought he might have actually done a quad, which would have done him in for the year, but just copped a knock. Um, trained on Tuesday, or ran on Tuesday. Training on Thursday, most likely. Um, it looks to be probably a fifty-fifty chance. Uh, yep. 
Jackson Haitley is managing groin soreness at the moment. That sort of has been simmering along, I think, and maybe contributing to, well, let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say that it's contributing to his form. Um, or his lack of lack of impact really um, hasn't played for a while, so he's he's had a bit of OP or some groin soreness. So hopefully that resolves itself over the off season. Matty Crouch yep. had some groin soreness as well after his SANFL game a couple of weeks ago. Um, he'll probably play some minutes in the SANFL this weekend. Um, probably not more than half a game, I wouldn't have thought. So they'll be cautious around him because he's obviously. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a bit of trade bait. <laughs> uh, I think obviously, so. Tiles is uh, to be announced, and the rest of them, Brown, Miller, and Hinges, we know are out for the season. So, uh, no word on Rory Sloan's hand. That's uh, not listed on the injury list. No word about Ben Keyes' hand. That's not listed on the injury list. So, apparently, uh, they must be all fine. <laughs> oh, dear. Look, um, at, least, well, at least we'll get a little bit of uh, SNFL into the guys this weekend, and um, hopefully we can get a couple of the kids pushing through for a, for a game or two towards the end. Now, uh, thanks, Razor, for alerting me. The YouTube feed hadn't started, so I've just given that a bit of a defib, and uh, it should be on momentarily, hopefully. Uh, let me know if that doesn't pop up in a next minute or two. Showing us offline on there. Um, we're certainly live on Spreaker, live on uh, on Discord. Uh, Razor, if you can just report in, um, that'd be great. That's not good. It's asking me to restart my broadcast. Um, right, so that's all right. So we're just going to quickly do this, Pete. Go, go. All right, that should have done the trick. Uh, we're still going on speaker, of course, so that's no dramas. Um, uh, apologies to those on YouTube who might have just missed the first little bit. Nothing really of any great note. Pete's not well. Uh, a couple of injuries. <laughs> we're getting a crowd. That's about where we're up to. <laughs> that's about. That's about it. Jeez, There's we should do the podcast that. like that every week. <laughs> too not much going on. A couple of injuries. <laughs> that's it. Thanks for coming. Um, not much happening in in the broader AFL. Getting a crowd. That's about Ooh. where we're up to. Yeah, just Sorry, YouTube. YouTube there. <laughs> yeah, that's done, that's done. Sorry. Yeah, uh, not much going on in uh, AFL land. Um, Viney got a there bit was, of a holiday. There was a, yeah, there was a Viney one. That was a little dog act and uh, just re- reminded, reminded me when he, um, oh, when that horrible incident where Tom Lynch deliberately Tom Lynch. headbutted his elbow, that was just uh, a really poor effort from Tom there and, Poor old uh, Viney, just uh, old Jay, just uh, came off second best there, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, not a, not a good look. Uh, we know Jack's got that in him, so never mind. Um, so uh, just before we get on to what we're actually mainly going to talk about tonight, Pete, uh, do you see any changes, uh, unforced changes happening this week? Oh, look, I really, I, I really, really hope. Um, for Sam Berry's sake, that they they give him a rest. I think mm-hmm. that he really is due it. I think he's had a really really good year, um, but I think that they they're really due a rotation uh, with Sam now. I'm not sure whether that's to do with nobody pushing hard enough below. But I would have thought that you know even um, Luke Pedler would be you know reasonable for for another for another round. Um, it, you know, I just think that it, it's been going. You know, it's been coming for the last couple of weeks, don't you think? Yes. Um, yeah, he got a few midfield minutes um, in the back half of the game on the weekend. It didn't look too bad, but he's just not getting—he's not getting enough of it. It's been like first-year player; he's played every game this season, a bar a couple uh, through injury. Um, and you're right, I think Peter. I, I think he needs a bit of a rest. Um, mm. You know, uh, I mean, we could run through the the squad. I don't personally think. There's going to be too many changes. Uh, I don't think there's 
anyone that's really had an opportunity to push up for selection. Um, whether they uh, bring Riley back in after a bit of a rest, I'm not quite sure. Um, or whether they just run another week with uh, Himmelberg. Uh, how do you see that, Peter? I think that they'll rest Riley again. There was a little bit of talk in the media I just saw today, actually, that they were talking about um, continuing with Elliot. And so I think that uh, I think that they'll bring Riley back, but I think it'll be for the last sort of maybe couple of games, and, couple and that'll games. be it. And, I, you know... I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way they've managed Riley this year. To be honest, it's his first year. He's a, you know, he's a big kid, um, and uh, yeah, a little bit concerning that um, after having said that they were going to manage him carefully, that they started running him in the ruck a little bit, and yeah. we started we started to see a little bit of a strategic um, um, forward entry game bomb up to Riley in the square. Yes, um, and and so he was getting monstered, and and it just doesn't, you know, he's a he, you know. I mean, he's a good contested mark, but just doesn't play to his strengths of his no. agility, his pace. You know, he, he's a he's a he's a kid that has got such a big bag of tricks that if you, you know, just isolating him like that in in pack situations, he'll take the odd contested mark. But you know, he's just human, yeah. um, and um, he's eighteen years old or nineteen years old. So, no, um, I think that in the end, I was actually pretty happy that they um, that they spelled him. And um, I, yeah, I'd be perfectly happy if he was wrapped up and just um, that was it for his, for his season. Yeah. Um, for a first-year player, I think he's had a really yeah. good go at it. He's Especially shown what lad. he can do. Big lad like that, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be quite happy if that was it. Yeah. Question without notice, Peter. Um, yep. Uh, Elliot's uh, not looked too bad since he's uh, come back in. He's looked a little fitter than he's, than he's tripped at the beginning of the year, that's for sure. Yep. Yeah, what do you think about a, um, a triple threat attack of Himmelberg, Thilthorpe, and Fogarty? And before your answer, I'll just give uh, I'll just give you my um, my reasoning. Both Himmelberg and um, Thilthorpe are very good below their knees. Um, yep. they're not bad on the lead up. They've got good endurance. Um, and they're not slow for big men. Elliot's a bit of a loper, but he can make ground. Um, is the audio still crackly, or did I just fix it then? Um, so, uh, you know, obviously we've got um, we've got Tex in the mix for now, um, but as a longer-term proposition, what are your thoughts? I, I don't mind it for the, for the first reason that it just keeps... Riley out of the ruck for a little bit. I mm. didn't like the fact that because if you remember back when he debuted against Hawthorne, Elliot played that game. Yes, and, yep. and he, he was the chop out. He was the chop out ruck with the, for O'Brien. So you, Riley were only played, you know, um, out of the goal square. And yep. so I, I quite like the fact that you had Elliot's bigger body, more mature body to, to help him out there. So that's certainly one reason that, that, that I quite like it. Um, so. Um, but with so with the four, so we, you're saying with the four of them, I think it probably works. And the reason that it works is purely because Riley is so flexible. And what I'd really like to see is for Elliot to take that that pack situation. And you know that Riley can play as a, he can basically play as a small forward or a medium forward or a big forward. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah, he can do all of those things. And, I, and I've said this to I said this to anybody that wanted to listen last year before he was drafted. And that is is that what you're getting with him? You're not you are getting a multi-dimensional player. You're not getting a one-dimensional, you know, um, like like a Himmelberg is. Mm. You are getting a multi-dimensional player, yeah. and so you can you can get him out of that goal square, and you can get him roaming around, and he can be very very dangerous. Yeah, I, I think it really. Um... Sorry, I'm just trying to maybe eliminate this. Hearing intermittently. If uh, people on... Uh, <laughs> Matt reckons I need a week off, Pete. He might be right. If if uh, that <laughs> crackling comes back, it's just... Uh, it's popped up since I've done a Windows update a couple of weeks ago. So just let me know. I can uh, give it a quick uh, a quick uh, heart starter and it'll keep it going. Um, I think it's quite dynamic, Pete. I, I think um, if you've got a situation... Um, even just talking about the three of them with uh, with Berg and, and Thilthorpe, 
you're right, Berg's the chop out in the ruck, um, but it also gives us that ability to elastic band the two bigs. You can get, depending on the lane that the, the ball's coming in, you know, you can have one of them circling in behind Fogarty, who'd probably be leading up, and the other one sort of getting up the ground a little bit, providing a bit of a link up. And um, both of them have shown a capacity to be able to do that. You know, Himmelberg will bring the ball to ground even though it's not quite as convincing a mark. But both of them below their knees uh, are quite good. Himmelberg is above average, and uh, I'd say that Riley will end up being elite at ground level. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, th- you know, I mean, the player, that, the player that it pushes out is Lynch, really. Well, and so it should. <laughs> Let's be honest. So <laughs> it should. Um, you know, look. I mean, you look at Port's current setup. It works very well with uh, Marshall, Georgiatis, and, and Dixon. Um, with a couple of smalls at their feet, just cause running amok a bit. Oh, I think that's a pretty good setup if you've got the right yeah. big players to do it. Um, yeah, and, I and think, they've got Ladin, they have Laddams up there as well. Exactly, you? exactly. So uh, yeah, he he runs forward off the ruck, and we could probably do the same with O'Brien. O'Brien doesn't mind taking a mark. Um, so I think it's got merit. Um, I think with Elliot, it's time that we made a decision with him and he's either first mm. 22 or he's on the table basically um, and we'll explore that a little bit more shortly yeah yeah I, I can't no, see any I, other I, sorry I don't mind it. I, no I was going to say I don't, I don't mind it and um, but I think that in terms of you know rotating out of the team um, you've got um, as you say you know potentially Chase and um, Sam Berry I think are probably you know, it's a team that lost by 50, you know, over fifty points, and so you'd want to, yeah. you'd really think that there should be a little bit more, you know, people in the gun than that. But I just don't think there will be because we just don't, you know, we don't make that level of change. Didn't really look like a fifty-point game, though, Pete. To me, it didn't feel like it. Watching it, I know they got away from us eventually, but I felt yeah. like it was a pretty, uh, you know, yeah. I won't say an honourable loss, but I felt like the effort was there. Oh, absolutely no question. And the effort's been look. The, I, you know, you haven't. We can't really question the effort all season. Really, yeah. there, there, there's been there's been plenty of effort, and so there's been you know there's no issue in that regard. We just you know we were just completely outclassed in the midfield, and you know we yeah. say that a lot, don't we? And and um, it was interesting just seeing you know Caleb Daniel, the one what was he one sixty eight centimeter, and he just absolutely cut us to ribbons. He absolutely certainly cut did. us to pieces. Caleb yeah. did. Yeah, he's a very composed player now at AFL level, isn't he? There's, he's got good hops, he's, uh, he darts around, uh, he's very controlled with his ball and measured with his disposal. He's, he's excellent for them. Well, it's interesting because what they did is that they played him as a, as a small defender and a, yeah. an attacking small defender, and he was their, he was their uh, playmaker out of defence for, for a couple of, two or three years, wasn't he? And, but, but now he, you can see he's, he's just in the midfield. Yeah. He, he, I'm not quite sure anyone really even... Manzy Marp, he just does, he just runs around, does what he likes. Yeah. He yep. just gets under your guard, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, he gets under a garden name's guard. <laughs> All right. Now, Peter, um, the rest of the cast has probably resulted from uh, a post that Razor made uh, on Discord a day or so ago and subsequent yep. discussions that we've had on various platforms. Uh, and it's with regards to, I, I guess the overall theme is uh, player development and how we've gone about uh, drafting and player development since, you know, over the last few years and certainly this season. Yep. So um, now I can't see my the chat just now. So, But from memory, um, you might have to... Uh, get out your little thing on Twitter just yep. to uh, read out what Razor put in um, on Discord yeah, the other day. It. Yep. But essentially, I think... So, go on. So what? So we talked about... So what the lists were, were the... Um, the they released... The AFL uh, released a list of total players used um, prior to round 21. That's in, right. In this year. And also um, the AFL debuts. So the, the amount of debuting players each club yep. had, yep. And um, remarkably, we ended up sitting in terms of the least amount of players used. We sat third behind only Melbourne and Brisbane, yep. and in front of Port Adelaide, yeah. So 
that that top five was Geelong was sorry Brisbane, Melbourne, Adelaide, Port, and Geelong using Brisbane thirty two, Melbourne thirty three, us thirty four, Port thirty five, and Geelong thirty five, which is you expect. Not a lot of you know, unless you have a really bad season with injuries. If you're challenging, if you're up there, you expect yeah. a pretty settled lineup. Yeah, and the only outlier to that theme was the Bulldogs, who've used 41 players, and they're actually they have actually used the most amount of players. Yes, that's right. Um, and I think Beveridge is actually on record as saying that he has specifically rolled his squad around during the course of the year, and I reckon that'll be seeing them nice and fresh come finals time. Um, and, yeah. of course, um, uh, opposing that, um, and quite paradoxically for Adelaide, despite having used only 34 players, we've had seven debutants, if I remember rightly. Seven debutants. I think I feel that that number is a little bit coloured by the fact that of that seven, you've got you know um, Josh Wall, who played one game in and out. You had Ronan O'Connor, who played probably the collective amount of one game, was yep. in and out. You had Pedler who played two games out. So there's three debutants out of the seven that played a total of four games. Yep, um, yep, that's right. So the Bulldogs, again, interestingly enough, being the top side, um, so we had, we've had seven debutants, they've had six. Yes, so it's interesting. And it's caused us a bit of discussion, hasn't it, Peter? And... Um, I thought, I thought I'd just, for the benefit of the assisting the discussion, I just thought I'd chuck a couple of stats together and uh, do a trademark dra- a graph, uh, which I know everyone really enjoys, uh, and we can talk about it while we're carrying on. So uh, forgive the lack of graphical genius. But the first graph I've put up, Peter, is uh, games and average gains per club, and I've taken stats back from 2016 okay so the first graph here shows that the sum of total games by draftees who were drafted after from 2016 okay and you can see that Adelaide and the average games per draftee in that period of time you can see that Adelaide is uh, bottom or equal bottom with Richmond for the average gains per draftee uh, for players drafted since 2016. So we've got 16. Um, Gold Coast, as you'd probably rightly imagine, have got 30. They're at the top. Um, there's not a huge amount of surprises in that, um, really. Uh, Richmond, sort of uh, down the bottom, you would expect that to be the case. Hawthorne are probably the surprise. It shows that they've really tried to extend their list Um They've only uh, had 14 draftees play uh, from the 26th draft through to the 2020 draft. Yeah. Um, you know, Port, Port have done pretty well, 20, 20 players uh, for an average of 21 games per player. Yeah. So this kind of sets the scene. There's not a, there's not a huge amount to be gained for, or to be drawn, I guess, from this draft, ex- uh, from this graph, except that we're down the bottom there, which you'd expect, given that we've been down the list for a couple of years, you'd expect us to be a little bit higher. But this is the this next graph is quite interesting. This is um, games by club that have been played by draftees who were drafted from 2016 onwards. So you can mm-hmm. see that we're fourth on the list uh, with a yep. total of 327. Um, Got it, yep games after you know out of all our draftees gws as you'd expect up the top gold coast um but let me just drill this down a little bit okay and whilst you might not be able to make out the numbers it's more the pattern uh, so this is this is players this is for every club this is the players you can see the columns there for every player and have a look at adelaide's top end here I've just got the uh, the cursor running over it there. That top yep, end there is so much lower. Every other team, to a greater or lesser extent, has a couple of standouts, maybe three or four in some cases. Yeah, um, gotcha. If you have a look at Geelong, uh, Geelong have been Jesus. yeah. Um, if uh, same with Brisbane, they've been very well served. Brisbane, 
Um, and Port Adelaide as well have done pretty well. And again, if you have a look at Western Bulldogs, you know they haven't got the big peak, but they've got a very even bunch of four yep. or five players there. Now Adelaide's top player um, is uh, I think it's Harry Schoenberg. Uh, no, it's Darcy Fogarty with 37, 37 games. Right. Yeah. So you can see that, um, you know, overall our our peak is so much lower and we're so much fatter in the middle of it, if you understand what I mean. Mm-hmm. And that'll become, gotcha. that'll become a little bit more obvious as we look to the next graph. So I'll just flick that back up. It's really only St Kilda that's even remotely like us, isn't it? And that's, even they, even they're better, but they're just, yeah, it's yeah. Not, 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 good, not good reading. Well, no, it's just, it, it's indicative, isn't it? And even St Kilda, even though they've got the same shape, they got far more games. Um, yeah, and yeah, St. Kilda, St Kilda, when you look at their games overall, 420 versus us, 327. So they've managed yeah. to get 100 more games out of their uh, their draftees uh, from 2016 yep. onwards. This last one is quite interesting. Uh, this There's a bit to this, so I'll just work through it. So first of all, this is just your standard, you know, how many games per pick, so you can see 1 through to 78, as you'd expect. You know, a large amount of uh, traffic up the top end, up the left-hand side. But then mm-hmm. we can do a couple of things with this. So, first of all, let's have a look at Adelaide. So, bear with me a second. And if we uh, drill it down... Okay. So, here's all our picks... Um, from 2016, Peter. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, obviously Riley's new. We've had Fisher McAsee with 10 games uh, after two seasons. Uh, Chase is 34. Luke Peddler, obviously, just a couple. Darcy has struggled his way up to 37. Um, and so on and so forth. People can read that. But let me break it down by, uh, first of all, um, year by year. So... Darcy was our, uh, this is games per player that was picked up in the 2016 draft. So we had Gallucci at 15, Paholke at 44, Himmelberg at 51, Signorillo at 62, and Davis at 75. So um, Gooch played 27 games before he was cut. Miles played 16. The Berg after 2016, so this is his fifth year on the list, has... uh, you know, raced along to 25 games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ben Davis, after a similar period, has, has absolutely thundered along to three games. So my question yeah. about the 2016 draft is that we we didn't get any benefit out of our first-round pick with Galooch. Uh We didn't get any benefit out of our second pick Paholke, but you could argue he's down at 44, so that was a, a bit of a, um, a a bit of a stretch, I guess. Um, but Ben Davis is the one. Why why would you keep a player like Ben Davis, who's a medium forward, why would you keep him on the list for five years and give him three games? It's astonishing. It just doesn't make any sense, does it? No, no, no zero sense whatsoever. And let's not forget, we also had blokes like um, uh, the lad from Sturt, the left footer, that was on the list for, for an extra year that probably shouldn't have been. What was his name again? Patrick Wilson. Um, yeah, Harry Deer. Harry Deer. You know, those sort of blokes. I haven't included rookies. This is national draft only um, yep. because I just didn't have time. So that's that stands out to yep. me straight away. If we go The other on thing on, with the... Yeah, go on. Sorry, just quickly with the, with the Ben Davis one. You know, it's not like he... It's not also also like it's not like he played three games, and then they you know they decided well we don't you know we don't want him again. He's played one game and then out. Yeah. And then two years later, one game and then out. Yeah. And then another year later, one game then out. And one of those games, that third game, that's as a medical sub too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So it's actually two and a half games. Yeah. 
So these are the lads that we picked up in 2017. So Darcy, we've ha- Darcy and uh, Andrew McPherson, we've both had on the list for uh, four years. Uh, uh, most you probably excuse because he had a lot of trouble with um, soft yep. tissue, um, mm-hmm. and he's come along. You could say that that's been a, a win. Uh, Darcy, yep. however, 37 games in four years. Um, I, I would argue that that's, again, poor development um, for uh, a player. If you have a look, um, see if I can make this work. If you have a look. If you have a look at every player that was picked in that draft, Peter, uh, Darcy... Where is he? Where do we pick Darcy up again? Twelve. Oh, there he is at, at 12, 37 games. So if you have a look at, aside from Aidan Bonner, everyone above him has played more games. And aside yep. from one or two, the next five or six below, like this, here's, here's the line where my cursor is. And look at all those players that have played far more football across yeah. the board than Darcy Fogarty. Now, you could yeah. argue some of that is on form, but uh, we also had Tex injured for a lot of that time, injured and playing for yeah. a lot of that time. Um, so, again, uh, that's interesting. Anyway, I'll just go back to Adelaide. Um, all right, so let's go on to 2018. Um and you could argue, you could probably say that that's not a bad result, 2018. It was looking shaky for a long time, and we certainly haven't got our, our benefit of pick nine. No. Um, but at least we've got games into these lads, 25, 24, 26, and 34. Um, so, you know, particularly this year with Hamill and Scholl and uh, McHenry and Jones, they've... Uh, They've come along. But when you have a look at the quality, uh, if, again, we go to uh, everyone. Um, so here's Jones at nine, uh, you know, 34. We've got other... Like if you have a look at the quality around that and the number of games around that, it doesn't actually look like a, a particularly strong draft, does it? No, and certainly, you know, we, we've been hearing things. If you if you do, if you ask somebody that watches the draft and reads the drafts a lot, there's starting to be quite a bit of talk that 2018 drafts may be a little bit overrated. Yeah, but let me show you something. And I hate to do this, but it just shows the value of nailing your picks, Peter. Port Adelaide. Don't. 50, 54 games into Rosie, 43 games into Butters, 41 games into Dersma. Uh, Riley yep. Grundy was a bust, obviously, and then uh, the, their, even their last picks paid 11 games now. Yeah, That's I a, just, it's just out of that draft. Viewing. Out of that draft, Peter. That's an amazing pickup. Yeah, it's an amazing pickup. So uh, you know, all credit to Port in that draft. They picked the eyes out of it. In my opinion, yeah. um, no question. Particularly given, you know, as we all know, in the trade period, they started off with a worse hand than what we had. Yeah. And but then also, though, both of those, apart from Rosie, both of Butters and Desmond were picks after ours. Anyway. Yeah. And I'll tell you the other club that did quite well, if my memory serves me, when I was looking through this data. Uh, oh, not too bad. But um, Western Bulldogs. Grab Bailey Smith too at seven. Yeah. Uh, who's gone on to be a gun at 60, 60 games in uh, in the season since. So the 2018 draft really highlights how important it is to know your picks. Uh, let's move yep. on to 2019. And I'll just get it back to Adelaide. Uh, so we've got. Fisher Mack on 10. Uh, Harry's obviously been the success story on 27. Um, but don't forget, this is this is the draft that we had arguably the best draft hand we'd had for a while. We had 6, 24, 28, 42, 48. Uh, we start off with four, didn't we? Yeah. 
uh, yeah, we with four, we traded up. We traded back for Fisher, and so you yeah. probably got to count um, um, Luke Pedler, who we picked up with. What we, what else we got for uh, pick four for the following yeah, year? But anyway, so that's an issue. So um, you know, Fisher Mac ten games, Harry twenty seven, but Worrell's only had the one game in two seasons. O'Connor's only had the two games, um, and Lockie Gallant yet to trouble the scorers. So uh, what you could argue there, middle of the draft picks, you'd expect some um, games into them by now. And, of course, if you have a look at the overall situation um, around, say, Lockie Gallant, there's not a lot of activity there, but there's uh, Jake Riccardi is a notable. Uh, and yep. a few whispers about Jake Riccardi and Adelaide. Um, Burns, obviously... Uh, and a, and uh, a couple of really good ones down the back here as well. So, you know, once again, port port pumping games now into Miles um, Bergman um, and also the, uh, Mitch Georgiatis. You look at those two, and yep. um, you know they're tracking along quite nicely. And you know they talk about you know our bigs. You know, I'm, Fisher Mackesee for me is a real, he played zero games this year, zero games. You know. Um, and uh, so that's a, that's a worry. Yep. Uh, and then uh, twenty twenty, obviously, you know, there's not a lot of data. Obviously, not games played. Um, if we take it back to Adelaide, so we've got Riley with eleven. Luke's only had the two. Braden Cook yet to debut. Sam Berry with seventeen games, an excellent season. Uh, James Rowe, do you reckon James Rowe has earned 18 games in his debut no. year? No, he hasn't. So I, I would suggest that's probably more reflective of our lack of small forward talent. Yeah, but yeah that's right. And that's where, um, you know, that's the other side of the coin is that, you know, you, you, it's not necessarily the clubs wanting to stick with their, um, you know, inverted commas, preferred players. It's the, the lack of pressure coming from underneath. Yeah. So there's some real winners and losers that are that become apparent in this uh, particular graph. Um, hang on. Everyone. Um, but it, if you if you tally it up with games played and uh, games per draft, you can see that the the one that I wanted to focus on actually is uh, in this particular draft, the mid, uh, the middle one is let me just uh now how did i do this before oh down here i will bring up western bulldogs and i'll show you how they have what i think the recipe for a a competitive side is um pete it's being able to get your picks right Bailey Smith at, at seven, 60 games. Norton at nine has played 71 games. Waitman's starting to come on now after a slow start. Ed Richards, 62 games from 16. Tim English at 19, 62 games. Yeah. Patrick Lipinski at 28, 54 game. You know, there's not a lot of misses in the first and second round. You know? And that's the key. And Ugle Hagen, their number one pick, is obviously going to be a superstar. So really, yep. so they've in the since twenty sixteen they've had one seven nine thirteen sixteen and nineteen um, in the in the first round, and they've got if we actually that's what I wanted to do if we go up to here and actually look smarter myself here. Uh, if we actually have a look at first round and we do it by team that's not going to bloody work no, that's not going to work anyway um, you can just see the difference that's comparing Adelaide to Western Bulldogs and you can see, you know Bailey Smith and Aaron Norton really sticks out. Uh, Chase Jones at the same level. 
uh, Luke Peddler, nothing. Fogarty, you know, Gallucci's not even playing. Ed Richards and... T- so they have really got their picks right. I'm sure that if we substituted Western Bulldogs for Port Adelaide... Oh, same, same. Port have done. They've nailed, nailed their picks. So there's, there's, your, there's your story again. So uh, down to... T- this is just the first round. So they've had Rosie with 54 games at five. They've had Butters at 43 games at 12. Bergman's had 16 games at 14. Marshall's had 50 at 16. Uh, Lucky Jones is just starting. He's had six games. Power Pepper is the one. 89 games from pick 18. Dersma, yep. 41 from pick 18. And George Yard, I mean, isn't that a... Pick 18's been pretty good for them. <laughs> 130, 100, 155 games out of pick 18 in three in four years. Yeah, and George George Artis and Dersma, you could say, are going to be real stars, and uh, Power Pepper's pretty serviceable as well. So it really, you know, we could go on and on about this, but I'm watching the time, uh, and we might um, we might look at this a little bit further when we get towards draft and trade and all that sort of stuff. Yep. But I mean, what does what does that tell you, Pete? Is it to me? To me, there's there's two things. The recipe is you need two good years of nailing your picks, which yep. teams like Mel- I haven't even thrown Melbourne up, but it's the same. Melbourne, Western Bulldogs, Port Adelaide, uh, Brisbane back in 2016, 2017, uh, nailed yep. a couple of drafts, or it could have been 2017, 2018, nailed a couple of drafts. Um, whereas well, they, they got they got the spoon in. How are the wooden spooners in 2017, Brisbane? Let's have a look quickly. get pulled out of it. So it's Br- Brisbane have had 61 games out of Rayner, or 63 games out of Rayner, 100 games out of McCluggage, um, 65 games out of Zach Bailey, 80 games out of Jared Berry, 42 games out of Brandon Stasevich. Um, Devin Robertson, 16 games. I mean, there is not one player, or there is one player there for their team that has played less than thirty, ga- uh, less than forty games, uh, thirty games. Yeah. So again, yeah. doesn't that show you what has to have the importance of drafting correctly, <clears throat> and then the importance of giving those players games? Because let's not forget, if we go back to the <clears throat> to uh, say twenty sixteen, See, McCluggage, McCluggage at 5, Gallucci at 15, Barry, Barry at 17. McCluggage has played 101 mm. games. Barry's played 80 games. Gooch got 27. Right. Yeah, if, you, if, you, if you move it on to 2017, this will be the last little analysis bit I do, but it's, again, you got number one, Rainer. You'd expect him to be playing, all right, 63 games. We've got 37 out of Fog. They've got 65 out of... Bailey and forty-two out of Starsafich. So again, that was a real. That's three picks inside the in, inside the first round, but they really nailed those picks. Whereas yeah. if you have a look I, at Carlton, <laughs> I'll show you Carlton. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that, that the other thing looking at at this, which I think becomes really apparent as well, is that it's where you, it's whereabouts on the ground you spend those high picks. And, That's exactly right. Um, you know, what are the most, what are the two most difficult and important thirds of the ground? Obviously, the middle and the forward line. And so, what what you see there with those um, those t- those sides that have nailed those drafts, they've nailed it with midfielders, yeah, and and some forwards as well. You know, like George Artison and Norton. And those guys, you know, they've nailed it with forwards. They've nailed it with midfielders. And yep. you, for whatever reason, we seem to have a real thing about spending high picks on defenders. And it's, but you I mean you'll know, Fiend, that this has been a hobby horse of mine for a number of years. And um, you know, I was just, I mean, you know, no, absolutely no disrespect to Fisher Mackesy, and you know, he looks to have plenty of you know talent. But yep. I was just mortified mortified that we'd have pick four and that we would trade back to pick up a key defender, you know, and you look at you look at the fact that we've now got, you know, Geordie Butts, who's a very, very competent, developing really, really beautifully, and he's one of the real highlights of the year. 
Mm. And you know, he's he's a rookie pick, and yep. you know, Murray looked Murray to me looks every inch a you know a, re- a real potential two hundred game player for us. I reckon. I reckon uh, he really looks the goods. So I okay. like him. And where did we get him? We pulled him out of the bush yes. league. Yeah, that's right. Well, he wasn't he a you top know, right player that we brought on. I just re- I, well, I, he, he, yeah. Well, I think it might have been a top up player that we brought on, and we ended up promoting him. And yeah, but it, it just. I, I cannot for the life of me fathom, you know, and we can go back to, you know, where we, where we could see that we had, you know, issues with our mid- midfield and you've got, you know, you've got a player like Warple who, who was available in 2017 and we go McPherson. Yeah. And, you know, and don't get me wrong, love Tom Duday, um, but again, he's a, you know, he's a high pick on a medium defender. Well, and the, and and the it, talk at the time during that draft is we probably, like, he went far above what anyone else was going to pick him. Oh, so there's quite a quite a quite a possibility we could have picked him with our next pick, and I can't remember what our pick was that year. But and the twenty in twenty fourteen, the year before, we go Jake Lever and Harry Week. Um, yeah. you know now we we can't control we can't control the fact that Jake Lever left, but that's another another first and second round on on two defenders. Yeah, and that's I, right. I I really do have you know a fundamental opposition and issue. When you look at the teams nailing those drafts, you look at the positions on the ground and they're nailing them in. And, um, I mean, who, who of us aren't terrified at the thought of, you know, the, the mad scientist having, you know, hmm. picked two or three this year and just wondering what the hell's going to happen with it and what, what we're going to end up with? Well, that's the thing. I mean, we've had Ogilvy in there for a while. It could be argued, it could be argued that um, the strength of our recruiting team was actually Matt Rendell. Hmm. Uh, Ogilvy was Matt Rendell's Victorian spotter back in the day. Yep. And uh, Matt, you know, as we all know, got turfed out of the club for no good reason by previous administration. And uh, you know, I don't, I don't, none of this data, um, without really analy- spending hours analysing it, none of this data really fills me with a sense that our recruiting team has nailed drafts. We've been well regarded for finding diamonds in the rough at, at the bottom of the draft. We've been good yep. at picking rookies. Uh, we seem to be very good at the, at that. Uh, Huey Greenwood, you know, um, Alex Keith, etc., cetera, oh, etc. Cetera. Yep. No question. Laird, you know, yep. we had a ton of value out of the rookie draft, but at the uh, picking elite talent and then developing elite talent has not been a strength of ours. And I think it's something that the that the club really needs to address. Yep. Um, Vardy Magic was talking about, he asked a question about rating Collingwood's drafting, probably pretty ordinary, but then that, they're down on the bottom with us. And they played in the grand final in 2018, which they probably should have won. They were certainly in a position to, but yeah, they, they're, they're in a world of pain um, at Collingwood as well, so... You know, I guess we're looking at the teams that have really, in the last sort of four years, have really nailed the draft. As you say, picked the eyes out yeah. of it. Thing. Well, it's interesting because uh, Collingwood have only had, according to these stats, have only had five first-round picks since 2016. They had Stevenson, uh, which who they got at six, and then they had to dump him last year for salary cap reasons. They've got Quainor, who's coming along. Oliver Henry and Finlay McRae are still... Learning the trade and Reef McInnes, we haven't really seen yet. Um, he was drafted in 2020, if I remember rightly. So, I mean, you know, it, it was a shame they had to dump Stevenson because he's obviously doing well at the Dogs. Um, they didn't do terribly. They'll, they haven't done terribly no. out of their first round picks. Yeah, and they'll get Dacos this year, of course. Um, yeah. yeah. No, Vardy, I, I, I see your point. You, you're raising the issue of Matt Rendell because he went to Collingwood. So. Yeah, I'm for, yeah, so... I think there's more list management problems there than... than I think Matty Rendell's picking was, wasn't the issue, was it? Well, it was Ned Guy, wasn't it? That was yeah. a list manager there. That was a bit of a problem. He's the one that got him in that... Uh, yeah. In, in that, that uh, total play, pay payments pickle. Anyway, look, I'm, I've got an eye on the time. It is 20 past nine. Uh, I also haven't really been keeping an eye on to see if anyone's got their hand up, but they bloody haven't, which is fine. So, I mean, I guess just to wrap that up, Pete, um, the pressure's really on Adelaide because it it seems to me that we can talk around and around in circles about who we've got, who we develop and all the rest of it, but it really comes down to two fundamentals, nailing your early picks 
as you said, in the right positions, but then playing them in the right positions and actually developing them. They're the two things, and they're the two things that Adelaide have not been good at for at least the last five years. Yep. Is that how you see it? Uh, And absolutely. I mean, you've got to look at, you know, um, comparing with uh, with little brother down the road, you've got to give them credit. They they picked those three midfielders in 2018. They got games into them straight away. They pumped a whole lot of games into them, and they're doing the same with Georgiatis. They've just they've just got him in, yep. and they've given him the they've given him you know they have, they have Dixon in, in some way, shape, or form. They've got however many forwards as you were talking about right at the start of the show. They've got a number of tall forwards, but they fit him in. Yeah. And and they and they're pumping games into him. Yeah, and well, and it's, and it's working. I mean, it's not as if they're sacrificing results either. Um, no. And let's face it, Mitch Georgiades was a very good pick because he looks the goods, and it's just that one of many picks that they've nailed. Um, Nineteen ninety, we'll give you a quick minute because uh, we all want to go and watch the Boomers. Uh, the so come on, in, mate. Yep. No, he's a. Uh, Changes bloody mind. So, anyway, Pete, that's um, probably yep. uh, probably done that to death for now. But we will revisit that in some more detail. I'll, I'll keep um, drilling down into that data as we move towards the draft and trade period because I think it actually yeah. is very interesting when you actually look at it laid out in a graph like that. It's outstanding. Very interesting the data, how, the how, data how never we... lies. Well, really doesn't really do in this sort of thing it doesn't sometimes stats can lie on a footy field but i think in in this part of it i think it actually tells a story outstanding work Shane. that was uh, really really impressive work well no thank you also to you and also razor for um for uh, bringing up that that uh information that kind of gave me a bit of a jog just to quickly grab some numbers um because i think it's really pertinent so um there you go anyway look Thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord. Sorry for the false start on YouTube, but I hope those joining us on YouTube have enjoyed the cast. Um, we'll be back, obviously, on uh, Sunday to review the showdown. You got any prediction on the showdown, Pete? Oh, look, I'll be heading along, provided I get a ticket. But um, yeah, I think it'll be a it'll be a tough night at the office, and I would think that one thing Port are good at is winning the games they're supposed to win. But, um, I can't I can't see this one getting away from them. No, I don't think. I think they'll be too strong again through the midfield. Um, uh, the captain will win a uh, lazy. I think it'll be number four showdown medal, and uh, yeah, onwards and upwards. And we'll be barracking yeah. for Hawthorne or North. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks very much, um, oh, and uh, we will see you on Sunday. Good night. Cheers, now. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>